Java Unscripted is a podcast made by people from all walks of life on their developmental journey to develop. We will celebrate W's, talk through L's, interview friends, and if there's time, talk a little tech. We focus on the journey, not the destination, and hopefully try to catch any errors along the way. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Unscripted. On today's episode, we're very happy to bring on one of our mentors, previous Codesmith alumni, hailing all the way from Florida by way of Dominican Republic, Andre. In case you didn't know, I'm one of the hosts. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. And I'm Sam. And that's Andre over there. So Andre, kick us off, man. Give us a little introduction. Let us know a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, happy to be here. I, I can actually tell you that I was super jealous of everyone that was part of this journey. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Um, my name is Andre. Originally, I born in Dominican Republic. I came to the States uh, five years mm-hmm. ago, actually. Five years ago. And... Um, I got into Codesmith a year ago, and before I actually finished Codesmith, I got my first job and into coding. I have no technical background, uh, so that's that's right there. Is it's uh, it's like uh, if these guys did it, you can do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a special. I have a little one in Mary, and like Charlie said, I live in Florida, so it's all gonna roll. What up, guys? <laughs> nice, man. Well, it's good to have you. I mean, I know that you, of course, touched on being born in the Dominican Republic, f- coming here five years ago, and then to where you are now has got to be a crazy journey. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know that we're interested in hearing about that. I know that people at home are interested about hearing about that. I feel like your story and where you've came from kind of shines a light on like, no matter what your background is, no matter where you're from or coming from, you can make this journey happen for yourself. So you want to like dive into that a little bit? Like what was that journey like for you being in the Dominican Republic, coming to the United States, why you came or like what led you to come? And then what those five years were like that led you to ultimately being like, you know what? I'm doing software engineering and then landing yourself at Codesmith. Sure, man. Back in VR, um, you are not actually allowed to basically choose what you want to study. Like, not always you're allowed to. Um, so, usually what happens is your, uh, your parents actually, like, tell you, what is best for you sometimes mm-hmm. and they kind of um lean stores hey you should do x y and c i always want to do it back in school but um i got into a technical school i study uh, electrician like technical illustration mm-hmm. and the reason i got into the school is because the discipline not even for for like Oh, I really want to go to that school now. <laughs> my dad said, "Hey, this is an amazing school, and and that's the type of discipline that uh, we want you to have." And 
boom, you're going and that's it. I'm just, I was like a yes guy. Let's do it. <laughs> that's actually the type of <laughs> uh, person that usually you are when you come from a low income um, type of family. And then in college, I went to, uh, they call it in, uh, in tech. Um, it's like, a, it's a, it's not really a good college, but I went with uh, a scholarship. So I wanted to actually, uh, I don't know, a lot of things happened during uh, school. So I was like, I want to be a doctor mm. actually um, don't <laughs> and, encourage uh, I, <laughs> right i always tell that to my dad and he's like well i mean you can go for it but and then they they, they bring you like the the all the cons against why you shouldn't mm -hmm. um oh the society if you are when you have like 60 years old is when you're going to start seeing the money versus if you are an engineer this type of engineer mm. You will get it before that. And you're like, okay, okay. Um, at the end, I decide to go for the career that they always show me was like, this is the correct one that should you should go for. Mm. And this is the one that we're going to help you pay for. Mm. <laughs> That's the <laughs> other part, right? Right, right. So I went to industrial engineer. Um, I really like it. Um, it was a really nice career. And actually, when I finished uh, college, I started working on it mm. during a couple years. Um, I started working in a company. That's where I actually met my wife. Um, she's a lawyer. And the thing is, she was working in that company. And um, she needed to come here mm. and back and forth. And we keep the relationship. Um, a couple of years later, we got married. The plan was to stay in the VR, actually. Mm. Uh, we didn't have plans to actually come to the States. Mm. But then my daughter came into the picture and mm. um, education, um, health is a big deal for me. So mm. here in the States, actually, it's more secure more availability mm -hmm. uh, you can reach those things a little bit easier here than dominican republic so we decided to move here actually so when i came here um i was working with verizon i got an opportunity actually with verizon nice um yeah um it sounds nice but it, is, it wasn't this this <laughs> no <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't nice so really quick like in the field of what you went to school for with verizon it, it was it was kind of because it was operations okay um mm -hmm. i used to be more project management manager than gotcha. than just operations and managing people and stuff um with verizon was more close to the customer side mm -hmm. I don't know, dude, dude, you, when you work for customer service, you develop this hate towards people. <laughs> <For> people. <laughs> yes, I've been there. Yeah, that resonates with me. 
I, I actually got to uh, put a pin in that, Sam, because I want to hear about your hatred towards people because you're like right. the nicest human being. So I can't picture that. But he's also an actor, so we can't trust what he I does. I can't tell. That's true. We'll, we'll backtrack to that. We'll, we'll backtrack to that. All right, Andre, go on. So customer service sucked. You were in that and you were dealing with people and people sucked. Yeah, um, at the beginning it was great because it was more operations and inside the company. Mm. And then when uh, my wife and I decided to move down here to Florida, that was in Massachusetts. Mm. Um, mm. Wife and I wanted to move down here to Florida because it was closer to the family. Um, there's more availability to actually be closer to the Dominican Republic. So we're like, you know what? Um, let's move down there. Let's see if I can work from home. And I don't know. Uh, work from there. Mm. So we moved and the company shifted. So I have to be more towards uh, customer service type of thing. And dude, like there's no one single human being that hates more his job than me back mm. then. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the choir mm -hmm. over there with Eric. <laughs> oh, yes. I hate it so much. Um, but then I remember before moving to Florida, uh, one of my best friends, uh, he talked to me about coaching. Mm. I always wanted to dive into IT again, into development. And um, he lived in New York. We went to New York like for a couple of days. That was before moving to Florida. Mm. So um, he got his first, his first job actually. And he was talking to me about it. Um, he was still helping Codesmeet stuff. So he was part of the Codesmeet uh, administration still, like working with them. Cool. He was a fellow. After a fellow, he's still working with Codesmeet, actually. Mm, nice. And he talked to me about it. I'm like, okay, okay. Let me, let me dive into that. So uh, I remember I spent like two months practicing um how to get into any boot camps mm -hmm. and i got uh like actually three of them uh got me in but cosmic was like a challenge mm -hmm. at least for me mm -hmm. this is gonna sound like this guy is telling me that this guy actually drink the kool-aid but <laughs> <laughs> but no i didn't drink the kool-aid they, they are really good um and then i got into cosmic um, I spent those nine months that you guys are spending. <laughs> so I was at one point working and full-time job, a little one walking around the house and then coach me at night. So it was challenging. Then we moved down to Florida, um, still doing both things, coach me working and the little one. And it was challenging. I remember that during my Codesmith um, residency, uh, my wife was actually, we were expecting a child. Mm. And um, we lose the, we have a miscarriage mm. during the residency. Sorry. And no, that's okay. It was it was a a long back and forth with, with um, 
specialists, stuff like that. Um, but what really kept me on track was that I have this little person that doesn't understand that life is not just walking and having fun. <laughs> um, and that person needs someone to actually educate them, show them um, the path, you know. Uh, I came from a country where you have to fight every day to actually get what you want, literally fight. And there is 2,000 more people out there that are able to actually do what you do cheaper, but you have to somehow sell yourself. Mm. Real quick, that little person you're referring mm -hmm. to is Charlie, right? My daughter. Oh, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> I just thought he needed help. Show him the path. Okay, my mistake. Damn. <laughs> so, um, so they came to the States, and when you come from another country to this country, you you can't go back, even though you have everything there. Mm. It's like, okay, if you just leave, you have this badge on your back saying, I'm coming back, but I'm coming back as a winner. Mm. Like, I'm going to accomplish what we couldn't or what I talk so much about, mm. even though you didn't talk, even though you didn't say anything. Mm. So, um, yeah, I have dad expectations and I don't know, I have my dad's home down there. I can go anytime and I can even go away from there, but you can go back with that tag saying that you failed. You know, I have that expectation of me, myself. And that drives me a lot. And mm. and then when I finish Codesmith and I dive into interviews, I realize that you have to um, wake up that salesperson inside you. Right. <laughs> because whoever is asking you questions on the other side of the camera has to like you. Mm -hmm. And you have to like that person. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then that's your first red flag right there. Right, right. If you don't, means that you don't want to work with that person. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I I wake up that friendly person inside me early on. Um, just because here in the States, it's better to make people like you than actually be a likable guy, I guess. I don't know, but in Spanish it sounds way better than that, but... Give but it to yeah, us in I mean, Spanish, bro. <laughs> yeah, give it to us in Spanish. Yeah, so in Spanish it says, um, es mejor caer en gracia que ser gracioso. It's better, I don't know, to mm. be likable than be actually funny person. I don't know the translation, whatever it is. But essentially it's like, it's better to actually make the people like you than uh, always be like the funny guy around people, you know? Mm. Just because you make jokes doesn't mean that people are going to like mm -hmm. you. Versus okay. you actually are a likable guy, 
people are going to be like, oh, shit, this guy is actually nice to, to work with or mm, be with. I feel like you're attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is the least likable personality on the podcast. Right. <laughs> okay. so, so, Andre, I'm going to pause you right there because that's definitely something that we want to talk about. Uh, a big part of today's episode I want to be about us talking about that whole process of selling yourself, getting people to like you and being so good that they can't ignore you, you know, not just on a personal level, like personality wise, but like a skill level too. But I do want to pause to go back to something that you had mentioned earlier when you were saying that, you know, back in DR, you pretty much didn't have a choice with what you were going to school for. It was just like, you kind of had to take whatever was offered because like, that's the way that your parents want it or that's the way society wanted it. And like, um, I actually can resonate with that uh, personally in a sense because before I went to college, which was a huge mistake, I feel like, no, no, let me rephrase that. I don't think going to college is a huge mistake. I felt that following the flow as if like, high school's over there's no other option but to go to college right away i disagree Mm -hmm. with i wish i took time to explore myself and my life and figure out what i really wanted because i felt like i got pushed out the door high school's done go to a good college and go to do something in the medical field so i actually was doing pre-med my first um first year of college and like halfway through i switched to uh audio engineering but that's another story. But it was the same thing that like I was just kind of like forced into it. And I know that the other gentleman here might be able to resonate with that idea of like, you know, whether it be societal pressure or parental pressure kind of coursing you to, okay, this is the direction you're heading because we know what's best for you. You know, I don't know if Eric or Sam, if you guys want to touch on that real quick. Oh, yeah. So... I'm not like uh, Andre, where where I'm a first uh, person in this country for my family. I'm actually this third generation, right? Mm. So my grandparents came here. Uh, they they crossed the river, you know, like like illegally, um, and they like they they had to they got uh, deported a lot, and mm. um. And it kind of it's weird because I know the story secondhand because I I only started to understand Spanish and I mean like just a little bit maybe three or four years ago when I met my wife right mm-hmm. uh, I met her a long time ago um, in 2014 but like then you know like being around Spanish speakers and Charlie you can understand this right like, of course I, you start to pick up the language a little mm-hmm. bit but um, but when I came here you know like they wanted me. When I came here, as far as like being with my parents, my mom spoke Spanish, but I wasn't taught Spanish. Like I was educated um, to, you know, like to be a really good student and to to speak English. They didn't even uh, teach me Spanish. So my my grandparents' story was told through my parents. So I've never Mm. really understood where they came from. And I felt like, honestly, I feel like a disappointment to them because I know their expectation is to be successful. And honestly, against the, the guys in my family, as far as success, I am the most successful. And, I mean, the bar is very low because most of my, the guys in my family are are drug addicts or in prison, right? Like, it's a, it's a sad story because, you know, it's all that wasted opportunity. The grandparents, like, they were, like, planting seeds for opportunity right, and they're just, right. like, wasted. 
Um, I didn't go the track of going straight to college because uh, middle class, but not not enough to afford the super expensive university life that we have here in the States. Mm. So I uh, joined the military and the direction was like, you know, serve your country and stuff. And and I kind of subscribe to it. Like I, I'm, I'm a patriot. I love my country, but um, there's a lot of directions that you can't find or understand as a young guy or, mm-hmm. or a woman. But just speaking from like our perspective, as a young man, I was lost. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I did go to college and the funniest thing was I started as a computer science major, hmm. but I switched more than once uh, <laughs> and I failed out of college. It's not a story I tell a lot of people. I failed out of college and I had to like go back to community college and then go back to regular college and I became a teacher. Um, and there's a long story about being a teacher, but, uh, but yeah, like finding your track, finding your passion. I don't, like and and then finally heading in the direction that's right i don't think it's linear you know and i don't think you can like go based off of what somebody wants for you mm-hmm. you can't do it you'll never like be happy in that dream eric do you think that um your decision to do teaching did that come from like well, this is what makes sense. Do you feel like it was a societal thing that pushed you to do teaching? Or do you feel like it was just like, what else am I going to do type of thing that led you to do it, to decide that? Yeah. Well, this is going to be the part where my coworkers listen and then they judge hey, me. I, I mean, look, not to discredit teachers at all, because I mean, my, my yeah. mother's a teacher. She'll be retiring next year. Um, yeah. But it's it's not easy for all teachers mm-hmm. in every state. I will say yeah. that. Well, the whole point of me on this podcast is to always be as honest as possible. Right, Teachers course. have uh, a tough job and they mm-hmm. don't get paid what they deserve. And they they don't even get a fraction of the respect that they deserve either. Um, it's only gotten worse during the pandemic. Honestly, during um, the when we got all sent home as a country, I started teaching online. And and then that's how I, that's kind of my story. We've already kind of told it right. um, why I got into coding, but it was out of necessity. Like I knew I needed to use a degree. I didn't want to like go to college for no reason, but yeah. it was, I wish I would have just dropped out and joined a boot camp, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and just gone into IT somehow. But that being said, you can't change your past. And, I, and that's very powerful to me because, like, if I never went to become a teacher, I would have never met my wife and would have had my twins. It's just like the butterfly effect. So yeah, I never crazy. feel bad about what I've done. But now in our in our software development, this is like untapped, unlimited potential. There's so many paths. And it's finally kind of like I am choosing it. And that's important to me. That is important. Hmm. Yeah. Sam, what say you, man? I know that you, like me, went to college and took like the more creative route, you know? Yeah. But I want to know if I'm sure you had outside pressures potentially telling you like maybe that's not the best way to go. And like, you know, I, I kind of want to keep going on the idea that like, you know, Andre was kind of like had to go to college for this specific thing because that was it. That was decided for him. Yeah. At least like from the, it was his parents, but we could even speak on it on like a societal level, societal 
family, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from um, a little... I shouldn't say a little. I come from more privilege. Like, I just do. Um, I am not a first-generation American. I I was the first person in my extended family to go to college. Mm. I'm the child of immigrants. My family comes from uh, Eastern Europe, Jewish family, and Cuba. So, Mm. um, I get that. But I was raised by my Cuban grandparents speaking Spanish in the house, and I spoke Spanish to them. And then they would smack me when I spoke Spanish. And said, don't speak yeah. Spanish. You're white. Oof. And like to the point oh, wow. where my grandparents on their census put white. Not my, I, my grandfather recently passed. I saw his death certificate a couple of weeks ago. White, non-Hispanic. Like uh, that's, That brings up a whole nother right? topic. So, yeah. so, and a lot of that I didn't really realize until recently, which is a whole nother thing. That's not why we're here. Mm. But just, I come from a very different place i was taught very early on to work my tukas off and uh i'm very very lucky got some scholarship yes went to college right out of high Mm -hmm. school i went to a pre-medical magnet program in high school i was going to be a doctor like that's what i was going to do dr sam and friggin (laughs) got into med school like got into med school as a rising college freshman but also had started acting and like playing dress up in high school <laughs> and auditioned for a school on a whim and got in there too. And my dad what? was like, well, you need to go be an actor. <laughs> my dad nice. said to me, you need to go be an actor. Nice. Because what an awesome dad. My, uh, right? right? My dad, great. Live, my dad lived a really tough life and worked a job that he hated and never did the thing that he wanted to do. He was an amazing sportsman, but just like gave it up. My one of my brothers Mm. suffered a really, really traumatic injury and had to abandon his dreams of becoming a sportsman. My grandparents both worked really, really backbreaking jobs just to give their kids a shot. Like I come from a family that has worked their butts off and I had this opportunity and I took it. But I also abandoned this other thing. I abandoned a lot of things, it feels like. So... Yeah, I agree with what everyone has said. Like, even from where I'm coming from, I really wish I had taken some time to figure out what it was I wanted to do, what voices I wanted to listen to, what was important to me. Hmm. I jumped into acting. I love it. I still do it. I'm going to continue to do it till I die. It's beautiful. Is it the only thing I want to do? No. Was I told right from the start that it should be the only thing that I give my attention to? Yes. Did other things fall by the wayside? Yes. Did I lose a lot of myself in my journey to where I am? Yes. I I, I think everything that I'm hearing is so cool and so brave. And I think the most important thing is empathy between people, but we forget about empathy with ourselves. And it's like, What do we want to be doing? And if I don't know, that's cool. Like, great. We should reward the not knowing because the not knowing is where growth happens. Yeah. And that's what this is making me think of. And um, I wish I had spent more time not knowing. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I felt that way too because I just, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do. And right. like, not that my parents held a gun to my head and said, look, this is what you have to do. They blessed me with all these opportunities in life and I'm thankful for it. But like, it, it was just like the, the, the path that was pushed on me. But yeah. then luckily for me enough, they were like open to me, you know, deciding, Hey, I wanted to do audio engineering and I did it and I still do it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you listen to past episodes, you know, it doesn't pay the bills as much as I would love for it to, but that's, <laughs> yes, that's, yet, that's yet. part of it. Yeah. But I mean, what, what I want to also say is that, you know, it took like, okay. So from Andre's perspective, right? So he followed that path and made sense to him that was put in front of him. Yeah. And then he eventually started pursuing the software engineering path and then spoke about that, that target on your back that like, no mm. matter what he has to make it happen. And like, mm-hmm. I admire that decision being made in that short span of time because it took me like years to finally realize that this was the path I wanted to take. Yeah, And like, there was just so much time spent, not that it was time that I regret in my life, um, but I spent a lot of time like being unclear of my vision. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that haunts me still. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I have more of a clear vision, which mm-hmm. is a good feeling. But for years, like my vision wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I take from Andre's uh, perspective on that is like, he's basically telling us he had a clear vision in sight. Like this is what he was going to do. And I think a good theme here is doing whatever it takes. And I yeah. feel like all of us now kind of feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. and we all have different reasons for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I all I feel like the energy here amongst us four now is like, you know, Sam could do his acting thing and pursue it till he dies. I could do music, pursue it till I die. Eric's always going to be there to support his family. And the overarching thing is like this path is what we're doing and we're doing whatever it takes to get to that mm-hmm. next level. Mm-hmm. So it's. You know, like, go on, go on, Eric. Sorry, <clears throat> I was thinking about what Andre was saying and and what you were saying, but like, some of us didn't have choices because we have these expectations from our parents, mm-hmm. and it kind of like molds you and and puts you on a path. I wonder, at least for me and Andre and maybe Charlie to uh, to come. I mean, not to say that it's not your choice yet, but when you have the kid, you feel way different. Mm-hmm. But. Um, are we doing this so that our kids have multiple paths opened up to them and we don't have to like send them in one direction? Because like, honestly, like, um, you could be indoctrinated to like, when I was growing up in, in school, there was only doctor and lawyer, right? And then mm-hmm. like engineers started to become a thing, but right. it's like doctor and lawyer, that's the only path to success. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just like, I was like, man, I am a sh- I'm so dumb. Like, there's no way I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> like, but um, I don't want to put expectations on my kids. Like, I'm not even telling them I'm saving up for their college, you know? Like, because I want them to, like, kind of, like, have an organic way to live their life and figure that out. And it doesn't have to be immediately. Did you know that in in European countries, and maybe this is true for South American and, and uh, Caribbean countries, too, but... Um, that children, adult children, still live with their parents up until like their late twenties, and it's not like there's no stigma. 
It's just like, mm. you've got to figure out what you want to do. Why would you get into debt uh, to get a house or go to college? You know, like just live your life as long as you're a good person and, you know, make some good decisions in the comfort of your home because the family, I've never felt close to my family because of just their like, it's just um, when I, when I go, when I did and I haven't been home and uh, you just hate them. That's that's what it. Is. You just hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that, but, um, but I have. We've created some distance, um, and but like, I don't know if anybody has this relationship with their mother. But like, you would go and you would talk about what you accomplished, and they're like, "Oh, that's because I did this for you. I sacrificed this for you." And it's mm. like their accomplishment. It's not like what you're doing. You know, right? Uh, and I'm tired of that. Like if, if my kids do anything, it's, it's on their own merit and work. Mm. And that's, that's going to be something that I do. Like I won't, I don't want to influence my kid to the point that they've made up their mind based on the choices I've made. Mm. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I mean, dude, like I have this stigma where since I was since I was cool I remember even teacher telling me um you're not gonna be able to to reach a level for example mm -hmm. the school that I went to I remember that one of my teachers in school told me uh, I don't know why you want to go to a school you you can uh, you're not smart enough like to actually go there mm -hmm. and and to be honest, I feel like I always been drive by that. Mm. Um, when people tell me that type of things, mm -hmm. and it sounds corny, I know, but I don't know, dude. I, I feel like I'm not smart enough to have like smart conversations or to be in a, this high level of topics, but to like reach um to have these type of jobs or or to speak english i didn't mm. speak english before coming here so mm. um it's like do you just have to put your own self into it you know um i remember that i when i choose go to for codesmith I have a lot of people like usually your own family or friends tell you, uh, take it easy. You, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Or if you get it, they tell you, Oh, you're going to be a junior deb, or yeah. don't I think know. you're going to be getting that type of payment. That's advertisement or, Oh, you're going to the States, you're going to be cleaning toilets or cleaning mm. floors. Um, that type of things. Um, it's, it's people judgment, you know, mm -hmm. people are going, that's what people have seen mm. in the past. And, and that's perfectly normal to hear from people. Mm. And with what Eric says about family, it's, um, I don't know, dude, I, I'm the Toretto guy <laughs> i love family and i don't know they always say the same thing like my dad have that phrase they like 
oh, the, uh, your mom and me, we, we fight for this so you guys can get mm. a better future. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 sure, you did. Uh, I changed. I went to another path, another career. <laughs> They're like, what? What did you just did? Mm -hmm. um, mm. And that's perfectly fine. With my kid, dude, I, I want to be able to show them. I say them just because we might have more in the future. Um, to show them that, dude, if you want to go for a dancing professional, go, go for it. But keep in mind... There is downsides, you know, there is a bunch of trade-off going to the things that are like super short in life. Like if you study engineering, it's more probable for you to get a job mm -hmm. with a little bit of nice pay versus going for another type of career that it might take you more time to get where you want to be, but you're going to be happy, you know? Mm. Um, I do want to show them that uh, it might sounds kind of selfish, like, oh, you should let your kids do whatever the fuck they want. No, it's my kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. I want to show them what's out there mm -hmm. because I struggle. I mm. went for the short thing mm. and look where I'm at. You know, right. I went to the short thing for my dad and, mm. and he didn't actually show me everything that was out there. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't super hate it until I came to the state. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. But <laughs> so once you got here, the realization set in. Like you were just like, I don't like this shit at all. Yeah, dude. In the states, it's different. Um, it's different. The culture is different. Um, people are entitled. People are lazy, and. They feel like society owns that society has something for them that they own. Like, oh, society yeah, should like pay me for it being just, yeah. yeah, part of it. And we don't have that shit, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, we don't. Um, yeah. So basically, I have to fight my fears. Mm. Um from my country and come to a place where I don't have anything and I have to get whatever I want in my, with my bare two hands, you know, mm, yeah. and quotes me. Um, and I know I keep bringing them up. No, it's fine, man. It's fine. Not sponsored. <laughs> I didn't have empathy myself. Yeah. I swear to God, I didn't. Um, if I see a person that for me is dumb, I was able to tell you, bro, you're dumb. Mm. Like you shouldn't be doing this. I can imagine Andre in like early pair programming days, like CSX, like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, literally, literally. I remember this kid, he actually went through, um, no, he actually, um, dropped from the residency because he couldn't like make it. And I remember we were doing uh, pair programming and in front of one of the, um, how they call it? Um, like it's lead? like a fellow, but for the CSS thing, oh, okay. whatever. I tell him, Joe, um, just, just stop typing. Stop typing. Let, let me type. Let me, do, <laughs> let me do the typing because <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. No, but uh, and he just kept quiet. I didn't feel bad. 
like that type of human human being I was. Mm. Just just when um, I came to the states, mm. because in the art you are really you do have empathy. Uh, people, it, it's super a laid back country like you care about the people mm -hmm. like if people don't know something you help them but in here it's like you have to use these two um blocks in your like yeah. blocking your eyes to Blinders. see the person next to you right yeah and and you have to be that person out there uh, like out there you don't have these people caring about you At least that's what I got when I came here. And I have to turn into that person. Mm. So you had to become more empathetic, basically. Well, well before it caused me less empathetic. Okay. I, I have to care less about people and care more about myself. Mm -hmm. So I can keep up going up. Okay. It sounds super mean. Uh, but I don't know. That's the feeling that I have when I came here. Mm. <laughs> so when you first came to the States you're saying right 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 when i came to say that's the feeling i got uh, for you to be able to go up in the ladder you gotta push everybody off the ladder <laughs> right right literally and and it's savage dude and it feels so bad but it's because of the type of career that i was on mm -hmm. um when i got the job that's that's where i'm going when i got this job It's so different, dude. It's so different. People care about you. If you fail, it's okay to fail. You're gonna keep failing, mm -hmm. and that's 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 the expectation mm -hmm. that you fail. Because if you don't, then you're not trying. You're yeah. not learning, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're not even trying. And yeah, and I got that yeah. back again from Cosmic, mm. and. Right now, I'm working with engineers, and they don't know a lot of things. They don't, and I don't either. And they fail, and they push stuff that are going to fuck production. <laughs> 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 But you have to be empathetic enough to tell them, okay, we have to go back and see what happened mm -hmm. mm. and and that's that's huge dude mm. for you to be able to tell a person that it's coming from a background that they feel like if they can't fail like it's not an option to fail mm -hmm. you have to tell them hey it's okay mm. you can fail it's perfectly fine Um, you almost have I to had to switch your mindset a little bit, right? You have to. I have to switch. Mm. I have to switch, and it was tough, dude. Um, to keep those two guys during my residency because I was working a full time job where no mercy was <laughs> on the clock, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I have my residency where. I have to switch and a you have to be empathetic engineer you know um I, again i i bring this up because i do want to show my kids that um out there um uh, it's okay to fail and dude you don't have to move from my house 
freaking 18. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't understand why the states, that's like a thing. Like, oh, I have 17? Get that license, bro. You have to move. Why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that part. And it sounds lazy as fuck, but I feel like we, you should be able to tell your kids that they have someone that will take care of them. Right. Not like if you are doing stupid stuff, I'm going to keep uh, like giving you my hundred now. Just, just like, yo, you have a house that you can stay on until you figure it out. Um, I feel like that's what I'm thinking on doing. Um, of course, if they fail because they want to do their thing, perfect. Just go to another place and live there. <laughs> <laughs> go fail over there. <laughs> Don't you it right. on me. <laughs> right. Uh, because I wear my ass off so you can have some clothes on. Mm. Mm. But, dude, I didn't have that opportunity. I didn't have the opportunity to fail and half the time to go back up. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I have people in my back telling me, keep going. Um, and dude, that's it. That's all I, I was able to see when back, like before everything. Like That's the only thing that I was having in my back. Mm. You have to keep going. You okay. have to succeed you have to so so that that drive to succeed and like doing whatever it takes at first the so from what i'm gathering at first the mindset was whatever it takes even if i have to step on people to get there but then it turned into whatever it takes and i can be empathetic while i do it and while i grow right. and you you ran through the finish line you broke through the tape and and you're now a full-time software engineer in the field, which is a goal that I, myself, Eric, and Sam all share because we're all pursuing that. So now what I'd like to spin the topic to, and I know that this will be a great value to us and anybody listening who's pursuing this path and maybe is getting closer to the point of like putting themselves out there, um, applying to jobs, setting up resumes, like starting to get into that uncomfortable phase. Mm. Um, I know, of course, you learned a lot from what Codesmith had presented you, of course, and I know that we're all going to learn the same values, but I want to hear your perspective, like, because you were, you were one of our mentors that like your, your um, cohort ended and like, Feel like it was like a week bro and you right. you had your opportunity and and like i remember talking to you about it like as you were negotiating it or like right after it happened and it was just like that was the first time i felt like oh shit like this could really happen not just for me but for all of us like yo andre's the living proof and like it didn't take you three months six months nine months a year whatever. So what, what little pieces of wisdom can you drop on us on that process? And then we'll go around, we'll all chime in what we think and what we think we can do, what we've tried or whatever. We'll just, we'll spin it from there. There is one big, I'm going to say huge thing that 
that I have myself to work on. It took mm-hmm. me, took me a while. Belief in yourself. Mm. Like, oof, that was so hard for me. Um, belief that you're actually capable. Mm. I know it sounds like, oh, that's easy. No, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> To understand that shit, I know, man. That yo, you can do it. That's a huge step. And first, you don't have to convince anyone but yourself. If you convince yourself, and you see in the freaking mirror, and you wake up and you say, "Dude, I, I can do this. I actually can do it." When you're able to sell that yourself, I believe that's when, at least for me, that that was when. I start applying for jobs for real. I remember the first step that I took was I changed my LinkedIn and people start reaching out, right? But I have this huge doubt that, damn, this guy's gonna call me. He's gonna be asking me questions right. <laughs> about freaking NASA, rocket science. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> but dude when the person starts talking to you um, if you don't understand that it's a conversation with a human Mm -hmm. being a normal conversation and it's okay to not know shit like if you don't know you don't know that's it I don't know but I'm sure that I can X, Y, and Z when you say that sentence is because you believe in you. It took me a while to understand that. Mm. I have conversations with the HR people asking me, um, what's my experience looks like? And I'm like, what experience do? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even know what are you talking about? <laughs> so it, that lack of, um, belief, like believe, believe in yourself, yeah. It was huge. Um, and that's actually why I started like super soon at the end of my residency mm. to apply for a job because I didn't believe in me. I mm. did type. I was like, I don't know how to do anything. Um, that was my first step. And after that, boom, that's it. I was able to tell no to a person that it was offering, it was giving me a job. If you are able to tell no to a person that is giving you a job, it's because you understand your value already. Mm. When you are able to read a description and you see that, okay, um, this is more like a junior type of thing for my, for me, for my perspective, right. you are seeing your own value. You understand how good you are doing things. That's it. That was the first step for me. The second one, understanding that an interview, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. That that one, that one is tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because you're like starting for a bunch of questions <laughs> <laughs> and you're supposed to keep the high level of yeah. technicality, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you understand there's a conversation and the outcome is 
you stay as you are or you win. You see the difference there? Mm-hmm. You're not going to lose anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a gamble that you're like jumping into a game and you're going to lose mm-hmm. or win. No. You stay the same or you win. Mm. And that's at a, the that's end... That's a good perspective actually mm. on it. Yeah. At the end, um, the companies are as desperate to get you as you are looking for a job swap. <laughs> now that you say that, uh, do you know which desperate companies there are out there? <laughs> I'm all about desperate companies. Oh, man. I mean, that's... So, let me just pause you right there, Andre, before we go back to it. I mean, yeah, I think one of my biggest self-limiting beliefs is feeling like I still don't know shit and I know nothing and, like, I'm never going to be a good enough engineer. Yep. And... Uh, still happening you know let me tell you i believe you i believe you (laughs) and i feel like i just gotta be comfortable with that feeling always kind of being in the background and not going away but um Mm -hmm. i definitely know that i do have to not that i feel like i'm an entirely negative person i think it's impossible because i do deep down believe that this is this is possible and that no matter what i will you know land a position that's going to change my life but um, I got to really like dig down deep for that one and like hopefully wake up and have that realization that like no matter what I believe in myself, like this phone interview isn't going to kill me at the end. Like no matter what, after this phone interview or after this interview in general, I'm not going to lose my life, but I might gain a whole lot, you know, like right. you said, like there's nothing to lose, but everything to gain. I think that's a very important shift in perspective that. I need to take and I'm sure I'm not the only one um, when approaching those interview type situations. So for sure, uh, self-belief is definitely, yeah, I got to start doing my daily affirmations. (laughs) (laughs) It takes, it takes time. It takes a long time, dude. It took me a while and, and I have, uh, maybe not for you guys, but for me that, English is my second language. Mm. I always see myself as the person less capable mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. just because of that. And, and I know it sounds like, yo, really? But that's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. The way that I work is I have to translate what you're saying so I can understand it. And then I can like go back and, right. and, and reply back to you. And for me, that feels like... Um, wasting i'm like losing a little bit of time there versus another person that is capable to respond back a little bit faster Hmm. so i have that in my back saying bro you're not capable of you're not capable of you're not capable of um but i guess that's the imposter monster just talking in the background for sure we all live with it we all hate to love it but it's there (laughs) I want to actually spin it to Sam because I I feel some very nebulous, life altering. <laughs> nebulous. <laughs> I, I'm feeling I'm feeling the vibes come. I'm feeling nebulous. it, Sam. I'm feeling like you're about to drop some gems on us, bro. Yeah, like, let's, I got I got a gem. It, I got a gem just to spin off of what Andre said. Um, I think I'm the only one in this group that's ever been in an acting class, so. 
humor the acting teacher within me for a second. Um, what you perceive as your imperfections are what other people perceive as what makes you you. So mm. uh, I, I, the thing that resonates with me, Andre, from what you're saying is that an interview is a conversation. I tend to look at it as, oh, I'm this person that's entering this room that's owned by another person. It's their room. It's their space. It's their time. Let me be there to help them and answer any questions they may have. But you're right. It's I get to take up space. We get to take up space. We get to ask them questions. We get to see if there's someone that we want to work with who we want to work for, if we believe in what they're doing, if we believe in what they... Actually, let me let me ask you a question, oh, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> if I tell you, Sam, we have an appointment for an interview, I'm the HR person or the manager, whatever. And I tell you, <laughs> like a scene. let's meet up. So you tell me I'm available at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Monday. And I know you're excited. For the interview, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be there 9.55. You're going to be popping in that mm-hmm. Zoom, mm-hmm. right? What if I pop in the Zoom or whatever is the, I say Zoom, but whatever is the application that we're using for the meeting at 10.30? What would you tell me? I probably wouldn't be there. I would have I would have probably left at 10:15 and shot you an email and said, "Hey, sorry that the time didn't work. I hope everything's okay. Here are a couple more times that I'm available this week." Hmm. What if I tell you that I can tell to the manager that I don't want to proceed with that interview anymore because my time is as valuable as yours and if you don't have time for me, then I don't have time for you. And if this is just the interview, yeah, I can think how it's going to be like when I'm in the company. I mean, not to be a lawyer about it, but you just said it. Like my time mm-hmm. is as valuable as yours. Right. Right. 30 minutes. Like, like I get it. I totally right. understand. But I have two more interviews later today that I can be preparing for. So I appreciate you contacting me. I was super excited about the opportunity, but I totally understand. And secretly in my brain, I'm like, oh, these people want me on a short leash and they can, they can do whatever they want to do, but I have to be where I need to be on time. And if I'm not, I get penalized. I just came from a job like that and, (laughs) and it ain't great. (laughs) So what I'm saying is if you're able to see your value there yeah understand that your time it's precious as well as theirs that tells you right there that you actually understand that um you are an engineer that they need like you don't want to be part of that team the guy doesn't show up in 30 minutes <laughs> like yeah that's disrespectful but yeah. i'm gonna be honest if it was like <laughs> playstation <laughs> I'd be apologizing to them. I'm sorry that this time didn't work. Uh, No, 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 no. There must have been a flux in the space-time continuum. I'm not sure how it happened, but like, I forgive you. (laughs) Oh God, I'm sorry. I must. I'm in the wrong. I'm sorry. I'm 30 minutes early. I apologize. Nintendo's about 30 days late on their reply to me. Fucking Nintendo. I swear to God. (laughs) But I hear you, Andre. And yeah, you're right, man. That's 
it's when you put it as simply as that, of course, of course, that's the the right thing to do. And of course, nobody wants to work for someone who doesn't value you, like who doesn't value that thing. Of course, the tricky part for me is practicing, right? Mm -hmm. I can go to the gym and I can lift a ton of weight and feel great. But if I don't go every day, it don't mean shit. Right. Like it just doesn't. Gotta put in your reps. Correct. So uh, personally attack the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear you a hundred percent. And I think my challenge is gonna be practicing what I preach. Because mm. I love to preach. Mm. I love to jammer, jammer, jammer. And sometimes in the moment I get nervous and I fall back and I fail. And that's yeah. totally cool. But just like hold myself accountable a little bit. I feel like we all just, I mean, I don't know if this had to happen with you too, Andre, during your interviewing process of meeting with companies, but part of me feels like we all got to fall on our face a couple of times completely before we can collect ourselves and be like, oh, all right, like, let me just get all this du dust and mud off of my face and like, I'm ready for the next one. Like, yeah. it's interesting because... I'm actually the weirdo in the room who like, that is true. typically, I actually really enjoy interviewing. I enjoy being interviewed. Very weird. Damn. <laughs> you are weird, Jeez. dude. What a weirdo. <laughs> this guy's Yo, different. for real. Like, <laughs> what is this guy like, doing in my, in my In my current um, career, like doing interviews for the company I'm with, like, I don't know, like I just, like some confidence bug hit me that like, I loved going into these interviews of positions that I'm like incredibly underqualified for mm. and still like smashing it and making these people like question whether or not I should get the position. But like really that most of the time they, I never got them because I was way underqualified. But like the fact that I even got them to consider me was like interesting, but like it's mm. different subject matter. So mm. I, I, I don't feel like I have that level of confidence yet for like this path yet. Like, like I, mm. I, I feel confident to interview because I love having these interview conversations and like I try to take command of the room by like making it not an interview setting, like making it a conversation as we all said, but like I'm the guy interviewing the person sitting in front of me. You're not interviewing me. I'm interviewing you, your team, what your company is doing, what you guys represent. Like, I want to know what's up with you guys because I want to know if you're the team I want to be with. But right. I hope that that translates into my interviews with um, programming software engineering mm -hmm. roles. I don't know if it will. Maybe not right off the bat. But... Mm -hmm. All I can say is from my experience with interviewing, I grew to like it because I grew to mm. enjoy getting into the room where like they're expecting me to be the uncomfortable one and then the tables turn and like I'm making them uncomfortable with my questions, but like yeah. in a good way, yeah. like, oh, we, we yeah, got to yeah. let me actually write this down and, you know, yeah. we'll get back to you on that. Um, <laughs> so that's that's um, my bit of wisdom from my past experience with interviewing, like, um know your audience and like command that interview like don't be like yeah. a rude dickhead but like show that like you know i'm not i'm not being interviewed i'm interviewing you and your company to see if i yeah. want to be with you guys mm -hmm. and like hopefully that clicks 
for this path, and I, I think it will. It might take some time. Like I said, going to have to fall on my face like probably a, a couple of times, bomb a couple yeah. of take-homes and algo technicals <laughs> and shit. But after a while, hopefully it all <laughs> it all kind of builds itself up. You will. Man. We're all been there. You will. I fell on my face. Recently, yeah, gotta hear it. Gotta hear it. I can't say the company, <laughs> right? No, but, we but gotta it was hear a it, company bro. that I ho- no, I can't. No, no, no don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah, but uh, a company I hold dear to my heart, and I went through six interviews for the same company. Oh my god, it is a very senior level, and you know, honestly, it is a conversation. I think I got pushed like. I don't know how I sound when I speak. I think everybody kind of, at least most people, I think, have a higher opinion of what they sound like than they actually do. Um, But I got through the interviews and I just felt for the first couple, I was like, oh, man, that didn't work out. And then I just said, like, come back, come back. And I was like, why? (laughs) Like it happened. Mm. And it was it was a good experience. (laughs) And I learned a lot from my failures. But um one of my weaknesses that I took it personally, you know, like I didn't, I didn't write mm. to them and say, why didn't you, but, or anything. I actually <laughs> sent thank you notes. Like I did the right thing, right? I did the right thing. This dude was crying, hit me up with tears. Like, bro, this is crazy. This is uh, ridiculous. The stakes are high, you know, like, yeah, no, I know. You yeah. Know, like from teaching, it's going to change my life. You put a lot like, of pressure on yourself. I know mm-hmm. I put a lot of pressure, but like the way I combat, like it took me a solid, like, maybe four to five days to get over it and mm-hmm. yeah maybe that maybe that's a long period of time for some people but uh, i started like redoubling my efforts in other ways mm-hmm. and the only way i'm going to get through this isn't i'm not like some weirdo that likes to interview I'm not an actor <laughs> that you can like just bring up another persona that's not even me i don't have like, i'm not from a different country where like i got all the hopes and dreams of people from my country riding on me i'm just i'm just a shitty person who's just gonna like get by through just skill like i just gotta get through like i've invested in my personal thing is i'm just gonna work harder than anyone else mm-hmm. like it just has to be that way mm-hmm. and so that in my personal motivation if you ever just like oh what a dickhead like what a horrible answer I never met my real dad. Like hmm. my motivation every day is that I want to be the dad that I wished I that I had. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, that's big. My kids will look up to me and say, "Wow, he's good." That's big. It, like I had a good, great childhood because this guy totally bombs the interviews, and it's not hearing from Nintendo. <laughs> but I'm just gonna keep blasting you, Nintendo, every day. But yeah. Just like a note on something that you said, Eric, that I think rings really true to me. Um, I, uh, I've i heard and experienced a lot of failure in, in the things that I've done and the people that whose paths I've crossed. And I heard a, a, an actor, I apologize, an actor say something really, really inspiring once. And they said, you know, I auditioned for this really big opportunity and I was so close and I missed it. And I said, wow, if I was in your position, I would not, I would just give up. Like I would not, I, it's, it's like a life, like multi-million dollar contract. Yeah, like that's like it. I'm done. Like I'm done. Yeah. I'm oh, done. Man. And this person that's said, yeah, sticks. yeah. And this person said, yeah, you know, I experienced that feeling and I let myself feel it for a day. 
I went in my backyard and I wailed and I keened and I screamed and the police were called and they came and checked on me. And like, I've, I, I, it's Christian Bell. I, <laughs> I emoted, <laughs> I emoted like a son of a gun for a day. And then the second day I said, okay, next, what's next? Like, I, I think, I think it's hard because failure is a part of this, is a part of this journey that we're on. And I think, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying anyone here has said this or anyone in particular has said this, but I think I say to myself a lot, like, okay, failure is a thing. So just get through it. Like, just get through mm -hmm. it. No, you're allowed to feel your failure. Like, feel your failure and then grow from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, if you need those four or five days, dude, take them and know that you're better off because there's a, a thousand other jobs that would kill to have you and it'll come. Yeah. You know? And there, there are also thousands of boxes of Kleenex at Walmart. If you, you know, so many boxes. So uh, four or five true. days is totally fine, bro. I think if don't you don't cry <laughs> at least once a week, you're not a man. No, let, let me, let me, let me. Wow. <laughs> let Tripping me up gender long. norms. <laughs> Tripping up gender not norms. That's what we do here. Everybody cries. Everybody cries. <laughs> And it's cool. Crying is cool. It's more masculine to cry in the shower. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> hashtag crying is cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. All right. I think I think we've all been dropping some, some we're not gems. Ending it there. We've we're been not dropping ending it gems there. tonight. <laughs> we're no, not ending it there. If no, we're, we're not. We're not. Okay, we're good, not good, ending good, it right good, there. Good. But I'm just I'm just gonna go off and say we've been dropping gems tonight. And I just wanna remind everybody who's listening to this, that the entire purpose of this podcast series is for you to see our growth as engineers and individuals and also take away these little bits of wisdom from our guests, from us, anything that's going to help you on your journey, anything mm -hmm. that's going to flick a switch in your head that's going to motivate you to push yourself a little bit further. I think like even if one, two people, three people reach out to us and say, hey, something we heard on your podcast resonated with me to the point that it motivated me to do X mm -hmm. or Y, mm -hmm. like that's why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to throw that in there because that's something that we don't always mention. It's true. And that's why we're always trying to, you know, we keep it light, we keep it friendly, but we always try to bring our peers, our mentors, our close friends that we know stand-up people and who are willing to share these wisdom gems with you all so i hope if you're hearing this and any of this resonate with you like hit us up like hit yeah. us up and just be like yo like something andre said really hit a nerve with me in a positive way or something sam said made me cry and like that's totally fine um yeah i just wanted to throw that in there because like that's why we're doing this. We're, we're doing this to grow as individuals and we're doing this for the greater community, mm -hmm. Codesmith and beyond. Mm -hmm. But on that note, I do want to switch it back to Andre and we're going to start coming to a close. I don't expect you to uh, drop a poem for us like Tom did. Shout out Tom Harper real, one time. Tom. But that was amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tom. <laughs> I I'd like I'd like for you, Andre, um, with these last few moments. Doesn't matter how long you take or what, whatever. That we could even break off into a whole nother conversation. Totally cool. I want you to give us like some of your 
gems that you want to leave us with and the people at home listening to this with? And it could be software engineering related or not. It could be uh, mentality related. Whatever you want to say, as many things as you want to say, whatever it is, let us hear it. Well, I think that it's never too late to pick up your mind and go for whatever you think is best for you and your family, you know. Um, it took me a while. I'm 35, actually. And it took me a while to get into what I really want to go for. And it's never too late, dude. And it's okay to cry. I cry a lot. I freaking felt like a failure more than once. <laughs> and and that's perfectly fine. And that's how you are actually able to overcome um, blocks and your own uh, demons, you know. And that's perfectly fine. Um, for those of you that are still thinking on I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. I still, I, I'm there. I'm in that boat. <laughs> I'm still in that boat. I get work every day at work and I'm like, what? <laughs> I have to like read it a couple of times, ask for help. Dude, like, like if I'm calling help desk during coach, me. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. That's personally fine, dude. Uh, you're not supposed to know everything. And you are not supposed to overcome in one second every single one of your nightmares or demons mm. or blockers. That's perfectly fine. And reach out. Reach out to people. Mm -hmm. If you speak up, it, 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 it makes it easier to overcome those fears and demons. Um, again, it took me a while to understand that, but talking helps. And for those of you that don't like to talk, well, you can talk to yourself and write down whatever it is that it's not letting you um, make that, take that step, write it down and try to understand why you're failing and why you think you're going to be failing even though you're not. Sometimes we feel like we're failing because we're not where we want to be. Oof. But it's a ladder, you know. It takes time to get there. It's not just a magic word or the Dragon Balls. <laughs> <laughs> this actually takes time. You have to work. You have to do the work. Um, and I promise you, I'm not a special. So you guys can do it. I'm 1000% for sure. For sure. You guys are smarter than me. Um, you guys are amazing. Um, all of you. And I believe each one of you can do it. I promise you that. Uh, you just have to put yourself there and tell yourself you're able to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have for you guys. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you. I take that personally. I, I can do it. I know you can, man. 
Thank you, Andre. Wow, this has been quite the experience. Andre, you don't give yourself enough credit. You are a brilliant engineer and amazing human being. And Mm -hmm. we appreciate you joining us and taking the time to drop your wisdom for those listening at home and for us here. And I know that a lot of what you said resonated with me. I know that Sam and Eric probably feel the damn same. Hopefully people at home can relate. I'm probably going to play this back quite a few times (laughs) just to remind myself. Like when I get into that, like I ain't shit mindset, I'm just going to play this last section of the podcast from today's episode. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. with that, I think it's a perfect time to wrap it up. This has been Java Unscripted. We were joined today by our man and mentor, Andre. I am Charlie. I'm Eric. And I am Sam. And that is it, folks. Take care. Thanks, Andre. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, man. If you like what you heard today, let us know on Twitter at Java underscore Unscripted. Or feel free to email us at javaunscripted at gmail.com. Additional information about today's show can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you all next time.